Welcome to Animal Empathy, where we decode the language of animals for deeper connections. I'm Paloma Berci, your host and an animal communicator since 2001. Join me as we explore heartwarming stories, unspoken bonds, and the magic of truly understanding our animal friends. For more about me, visit speciespace.com. Let's dive in together on this wild journey. Today I have a special guest, uh, it's Emma Byrne, and Emma has two passions. One is mental health and one is dogs. And she has actually combined them together. And I think the best way to understand how she has done that is Emma, welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, hi. Uh, thank you for inviting me onto your show. Uh, it's the first time having a podcast interview, very exciting. So, yeah, I've always had just a massive passion for dogs. When people say they have, like, they oh, love dogs, like, mine is just another level of passion. So, in fact, my first words when I was a, a child was dog. That was, we didn't even have a dog, so, <laughs> but <laughs> that was my first word. So, and I've always been the type of person that people come to for, like, support or advice. So, as I've sort of, you know, developed and become older than trained as a counsellor, I've had, you know, mental health issues myself. And then dogs have always been a huge part of my life. And I just know that there's a really great connection between dogs and my own mental health so I thought well let's explore that a little bit um if, if it's something that I feel that and it helps me then maybe it'll help somebody else and they could relate to it so I started talking to people and they were like yeah this is a good idea and I was thinking because nobody was really talking about it as much I thought mm, you know I just need to check it out a bit but yeah, it's been um, it's been quite the the journey of research, but also connecting with people like your lovely self, and um, and it's brilliant. As soon as I say, oh, we've got a podcast about dogs and mental health, or I'm doing this with dogs and mental health people, quite excited about it. So it's great to combine two passions, which I know quite a lot about, but also to be able to connect and relate to others, and get that good sort of foundation, so you can build a rapport quite quickly. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about what you have learned from your research. How do dogs actually help people? And do people also help dogs? Yeah, good question. Yeah, because it does work very ways. Um, I found in a lot of the research that having a dog gives people confidence for one and security, but also whether they're actually on their own or they feel like they're on their own, because there is a difference of being lonely or having mental health issues and feeling like you're alone, even if you're with people. And dogs just give you that unconditional love. The, the, there's no other than, you know, you need to feed them, do bits and pieces, whatever. They don't want anything from you other than they see you, they're happy. And it just puts that smile on your face, even if you've had a really you know kind of bad day so a lot of the research that I've done has shown that that there's a massive impact on owning a dog or being in the surrounding 
new it to its family member or friends or if you were working with them, let's say. And that impact that it has on you, that only a dog or other animals, if you relate to those as well, could give you. It's different than a relationship with a person. It's just something that you feel, it's hard to explain in a way, but it's just something that you feel like, I, I obviously own a dog. When I go out, I'm like a child. I'm like, oh, there's a dog. and I go and I will chat to people they they want to chat that's fine but it brings community and I found that you know where I live and walk in Jasper I've met so many great people we have lovely friendships we look after each other's dogs you know we you know we talk about them talk about any issues we've got we have a laugh it's brought about some great community whereas we could just be 10 people just mooching around by ourselves what we brought, we've come together. But the other way around is that what we can do for dogs have mental health problems themselves. I mean, they can't tell us that, but their moods can change. And I always notice when, say, if I go out and Jasper doesn't see certain dogs, doesn't see certain people, doesn't get to play, his mood completely changes. And he's quite like forlorn and he'll walk really slowly behind me. And it's noticing those changes in your dog where you think, okay, need to maybe we need to change something, maybe we need to add something into his routine, or make sure that when I do go for a walk, I'm, I, I contact people and say, oh, can we meet up? Because it's really important for your dog to enjoy the walk because it's their walk, essentially. So there is a really good mix of how we both help each other. Yeah, we definitely can help each other. Yes. So. You just started your podcast, dogs, yeah. dogs and mental health. What's it, what's it called exactly? And and what do you what do you do there on your podcast? Yeah, so it's called the Dogs and Mental Health Show, and I sort of start, I start off talking about you know just introduce myself a little bit and why I'm doing this, and then I talk about how dogs help on mental health. So I say with anxiety. For instance, if somebody's quite anxious and doesn't want to leave the house or is having issues forming you know, relationships, because it can be really difficult when you've got anxiety to reach out to somebody. Um, I mean, it's the same with other mental health issues as well. But if you've got a dog, you've got that responsibility. Obviously, you need to take them out. But that allows people to have, like I say, the confidence, but also security and support from them. So if they're feeling a little bit you know, panicky when they're outside, you can train a dog to support that. You can train a dog to support lots of other things to do with like uh, medical issues as well. But I talk about um, stories that I've seen. I'm going to have guests on. I haven't started having guests on, but I will be. And I explore all those different areas of how dogs impact on our lives but how we impact on there to so talk about rescue dogs because I have rescue animals so I have dog and three cats um I also talk about bits to do with like the beginning of when you get a dog let's say um when you first get a dog it's like the three 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 rule so it's about decompression for the dog especially if it's a rescue dog so I go into talking about how it's like three days, three weeks, three months, and how you've got to be patient. Um, and other things as well, a little bit of training that I do. Like I say, I'm not 
official dog trainer by any means, but I've had a lot of dogs and I've been, I have trained dogs and the, the outcome has been really good, but I haven't got um, like a certificate or anything in it. But sometimes experience is good and having the certificate's great as well. So it's a bit of both. Um, yeah, I just explore all these different things about how dogs have an impact on on us and also loss of a dog. I do I do touch on loss of a dog. I've spoken about my previous dog and got emotional as we were just talking about earlier. And you know, at least that shows that I do have the passion. I'm not just sitting there, oh yeah, I'll do this. It's like it's a deep passion that I have and I hope that people can relate to those things as well because we've if you've got any animal and it doesn't matter what animal it is, obviously I'm talking specifically about dogs. They you know, they leave that imprint on your heart and the part they've been part of your family, so it's really difficult when they go. And it need that really needs to be acknowledged. Um I've done some counselling around that as well. I'm a qualified counsellor, so I've done some pet bereavement things, but I found that when I was counselling my clients, a lot of them had dogs. And that rapport that we got when we spoke about them meant that our relationship actually developed a lot quicker and that their trust of me, which is very difficult when you first go into seek counselling from somebody because you're talking about very vulnerable, difficult issues. Having that rapport and seeing how I sort of light up talking about a dog I think I was saying to you before that it, how you talk about your animal shows a lot about the person that you are, but I was actually really knowing them fully. So I've always found that I've been able to cut right through um, some of the the early difficulties of when you're counselling somebody um, to be able to get into, you know, what to be able to help them really, which is also the same when you meet somebody. You talk about your dogs and you think, oh, I like this person, you know. <laughs> and yeah. then if they say something I don't like, I'm like, not really. <laughs> How you treat your dogs really important. <laughs> yeah, so so what you're saying is that uh, animals actually help us communicate with each other better. Yeah. So because we communicate about our animals with other people and that brings us closer is that what you're that what you're saying that is exactly what i'm saying yeah totally as soon as you can meet somebody you could be by yourself and meet someone and they neither of you have got your dog with you but if you talk about having a dog you both if you both react in kind of the same way because as soon as i hear about it i'm like oh so what kind of dog is it and how old is it can I see a picture of it and <laughs> I don't ask the questions that quickly, but I will. I'm interested. So straight away, and if the other person reacts kind of the same, you've got this bond. You haven't even got your dog with you, but you're talking about it now. If the dog's there, I'm normally talking to the person, but I'm also talking to the dog <laughs> <laughs> because that's just me. But you can get that great bond. Like if somebody talks to Jasper in a lovely way. You know, that melts my heart. I love that. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> you know? And when I talk to somebody else's dog, and obviously the person, but I normally start with the dog there, then they so they see that and they're like, oh, well, you know, and that's their baby. It's the baby somebody's talking to, somebody's interested. 
so it, you get this really amazing rapport and connection with that person and you already know that you're crazy dog people you know you know it <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna see it in the other person so that connection is brilliant because if you talk to somebody else and like, oh, I don't like dogs you you think oh okay I need something else to connect with then mm. whereas as long as you say about the love of dogs you're there showing your pictures and then if I say oh Jasper's a rescue dog from Romania. Oh, tell, that must be a story. Tell me your story. Right, yeah. right. And and that, tells, that tells them something else about me as well. I've not only got a dog, I've got a rescue dog. And he's from another country. And he's been through all these issues. <laughs> right. Just Sorry, carry on. So, so uh, where does that passion come from? that passion for dogs and that passion for mental health that tell us a bit about your background what's what's your background you said you're not a, a dog trainer but you have trained some dogs and yeah. you're a counselor so so what's yes. your background so my background is actually working for civil service so government um which i left uh last about 18 months ago or so because I just thought there's something else, there's got to be something else that I can do where I can help people. Um, I've been a counsellor for all six years. But originally I was going to be um, going to, um, sorry, training as a counsellor when I was 18. So like 21 years ago. Um, when I went to university, I was actually taking the option off when I got to my second year. So I couldn't do counselling anymore. So I did forensic psychology, which I found interesting. So I like true crime and things. But it wasn't my passion, though. I, I'd found over the years that I'd suffered quite badly with mental health because um, my parents broke up when I was young. It wasn't necessarily to do with that particular thing, but I had a very turbulent relationship with my father. Um, it was very abusive, and it, it was more the mental side. There was some physicality to it, but it was the mental abuse that really hurt me uh, that really stuck with me um mm -hmm. to the point where I stopped seeing him when I was 15 mm -hmm. because I just couldn't deal with that anymore but I didn't know I could make that decision myself um I had counseling I, had, I went to three different counselors and they all told me that my issues were too difficult for them to deal with which was devastating um and then I kind of had a bit of a breakdown to be honest mm -hmm. when I was about just before I was 16 and I struggled massively. Everything just changed for me. My grades in school changed. My personality was changing. And I didn't really understand what was happening. I, I just didn't know that having these big events in my life would lead into this like, mental issue. But I didn't know it was that because we didn't talk about it in school then. And nobody else talked about it because a lot of people kept the feelings in all my family did none of my family spoke about anything like that in fact when I was honest about what had happened between myself and my dad people didn't even believe me so you, you got nowhere to turn and there was one teacher in school that noticed I was going through so many issues and she took me under her wing and we're still friends now because she changed she literally changed my life and I think sometimes it just takes up one person in your life to actually have, <clears throat> you mean, like a, a massive impact 
I knew him without her. I don't even know where I would have been. So I started to reevaluate in my life as I was getting a little bit old and I thought there's got to be other people who've been through these things or other things as well. And I want to be able to help those people because I didn't get the help that I needed other than this, you know, teacher. But I didn't get the counsel I needed. I didn't have the support I needed. People think your family might support you, but they don't always because they don't understand either whether they're right or wrong. Mm. Um, and so that's where the passion really came from for the mental health side is that then I started noticing other people, you know, similarities between myself and them. And, and then I started researching it a lot more, you know, and you know, books and social media wasn't a thing then, unfortunately. It's a lot of things didn't have anybody to really connect to on that sort of level. Um, and yeah, it, it just kind of came from there, really. So, and as I've gotten older, I've been able to utilize some other people's ways of dealing with mental health and sort of do things myself. But part of it was having a dog, because when I literally had nobody to talk to at those times where I was going through, you know, my mum was diagnosed with a brain tumor when I was 12. I was having all these issues with my dad at the time as well. He drove me past uh, the hospital where she was and said, I hope she dies. And that's, and I'm saying that because that is like the kind of stuff he would say and do. And that's where like the mental stuff is just so much stronger because I'll always remember that and I'll always remember what it was like afterwards. And it was just horrendous. So I couldn't tell anybody, but I could talk to my dog. And I had a cat at the time as well. Well, it was different with the dog because she really under she knew when I was having those sort of struggles, I suppose. She would come over to me, she would give me a little bit more attention, she would like lick my face, or she would sit in a certain way. And I noticed that every time I was, you know, feeling quite emotional and vulnerable, she reacted the same way every time. And so that helped me massively all the way through. And I just I don't even know what I would have done without her. Because I I was a confident person and then my confidence just disappeared and I didn't want to do anything, didn't want to go out of that. But when I was out with her, I felt like I was I would be okay if somebody came, like even if somebody spoke to me, I, I was just I couldn't deal with it. I was very overwhelmed by things. And then I've had the same experience with each dog, obviously different and mm -hmm. different times of my life, so different challenges let's say when I've lost people they're mm. like the first things that I turn to because I know that they're just going to give me I just I don't sometimes you don't want to talk about something and you just want to be in a moment and animals like you be in that moment and they're there with you and then they might do something that kind of is funny or they might just snuggle into you might cry you know there's all these different things that happen so I I have found that that, that connection there has literally been part of my life. So it's part of me. And then my thinking was, maybe somebody else has felt that. Maybe someone else has gone home and, you know, the dog is the thing that they sort of, oh, another animal, but the dog is the one that they've gone to and it's actually given them support without even realising it. And when I found the 
people didn't like understand or believe what I was saying. At least I could turn to the animals and they didn't really know, but they felt it though. Like an animal really feels um, the unspoken things that are going through you at the time. And so, yeah, that's really where it's come from. And the passion continues with the dogs. When I could see 20 dogs in a day and I'll still be excited to see another dog. The, the excitement doesn't go. It doesn't matter what dog it is. <laughs> Big, small, doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, and I remember talking to somebody. We were, Sorry, I went just going off this slightly, but we ran out for a meal. And <clears throat> this will be placed by a canal. And I'd come out and there was a woman sitting with her partner on this bench. It was like quite a lot of people there. And there was like puppies and other dogs. And this dog was just walking really slowly and I could see it was it was old and like it's fair, it's sort of gone a bit and you know, and I went over to it and I was fussing. I was like, Oh, who are you? you know. And I looked up and the woman was nearly crying. And she was like, Nobody will touch him because of how he looks. But he's a lovely dog and he's all you know, they idolized him. And they were telling me about how they'd rescued him and everything. And I thought, isn't that really sad that a dog that's probably given them so much and continues to, but is just rejected by everybody else because it just doesn't look the same. It's not cute and bouncy. Mm. But you can see in its face, though, like you connect with it. And I know some people might be like, you're just mad. <laughs> but I really, I feel it, though. And so I talked to them and then I, and we went and sat down and we had a drink. And then I went back to them and spoke to them again before I left. And she was just saying how much it had really meant to her that I'd actually bothered to do that. And it didn't cost me anything and it made me feel better. And I didn't do it for that because I didn't know it was going to have an impact. Hmm. But that's the kind of impact that you can have, just me communicating with her dog and then herself. I gave her a really good feeling. And, you know, if I can do that for somebody, that's amazing for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, one of my dogs is 18 and a half years old. Wow, really? Yeah. And uh, she's quite fit, actually. Oh, brilliant. And um, I can remember once we were on a walk and we met this other lady with her dog. And you could see her dog was an elderly dog as well. Mm -hmm. And so she asked me, well, how old is your dog? Because she saw my dog is also an elderly dog. Mm. And uh, I said, well, she's 18. Mm. And she goes like, oh, wow, you made my day. And I go like, why is that? And she says, well, you know, my dog is 15. And, but then he can live until he's 18. And I go like, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, because this lady was afraid that she was gonna lose his dog every day. You know, she was she was afraid that she wouldn't have so much time with her dog anymore. And and when I told her my dog was over eighteen years old, she goes like, "Wow, it's possible!" So I changed her day. Exactly. Yeah, completely. But in so that's a massive impact that you've had there on her. It's given her hope. The head yeah. dog can live for longer. You know, I mean, 18 and a half is brilliant. It is. A, yeah. 
What type of dog is she? She's a Chihuahua mix. Oh, that's, that's brilliant, isn't it? Because yeah. um, my previous dog, Sam, he had a, a massive stroke. And we walked into the house, and I'll never forget what it was like. It was awful. And he was just in a right state, and he was just, like, walking into the wall. It's like, you know, constantly like that. And there was stuff everywhere. You know, he'd been sick and other things, shall we say, bodily functions. And I, he was covered. And literally, I just, like, threw my stuff and I just went to him. And I was just holding him. And my husband was like, Emma, oh, he's all in this. It's like, I don't care. Because if this is the last moment that he's going to be in, I'm going to be, I am there, there. I'm there in the sick and the whatever. I'm in it with him. And I thought he was dying, I'll be honest. And we took him to the vet, and I was just distraught. I was trying to hold it together, but it's very difficult. Mm. I got him out of the car, and we were walking him in, um, just in the car park so she could see him, because she'd come out, because I was like, I don't want him to go in there. I wanted her to come out and see what she thought. And she goes, oh, I've seen much worse. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, this is terrible. He's like, he's dying. I was like, anyway, and I told her all the stuff, you know, gone in and all this has happened. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. I think it might be okay. And I was like, really? And then every all this, like, pain, and I mean, I was still in because you're still in the States. I was like, oh, this was sort of like a relief washed over me. I was like, oh, my God, he's gonna, he could survive from this. He did for another, like, two years. Wow. You know, yeah, he was back to, you know, it wasn't quite him, his normal but we were walking him and building back his muscles and everything and his coordination and stuff. And then uh, we've got a little video where my husband's running or jogging and Sam's running next to him. And I, I, I'm bawling my eyes out. Because <laughs> I never thought, it did, I, I thought that was it. I I really thought that was going to be it. And yeah, I survived for another two years. He was nearly 17 when he passed. Wow. Uh, that's yeah. a nice age as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was a good, a good age. And like I say, I thought we were losing him two years before, so that's a bonus to me. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's just eighteen and a half is amazing. Then I've never had a dog that's lived to that age. Mm. Yeah, and if you're hearing something in the background saying mm, 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 all the time, that's me. Oh, that's my other dog. He's two and a half years old. And um, when whenever he feels comfortable, he does this. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. So what type of dog is he then? He is a Podenko mix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Has he got the big ears? Oh. No, he actually hasn't got the big ears. He's um, but uh, yeah, he's he's a potential mix. <laughs> yeah, lovely. I remember seeing somebody a few months ago on the field where I was, and uh, the dog came over and it was a Padenko, like a full one. And I said mm -hmm. to them, I was like, oh, is this a Padenko? And they're like, yeah. She just said, nobody ever says that. Nobody ever knows that breed. And I was like, oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so and we chatted and stuff, and they were made up. I can't believe somebody knows it <laughs> because everybody else is just like no idea of, of course there are people who do know the breed but they just haven't come across them and again in that way they were made up 
you know, it's uh, it's nice when you can have an impact on someone's day, even if it's something really, really small. Yeah, yeah. So what what are your plans for for the future? What are your plans for your for yourself and and for your podcast? Yeah, so plans for the podcast are for me to try and get over the nerves of promoting it and get it out there because, <laughs> um, which was part of um when we met in a way as well because <laughs> you know, I was having challenges and then ended up talking and lovely people have been in contact with me since obviously this wouldn't have happened without that so yeah I need to work on that but my other thing is that I want to do the online kind of communication and getting to know people but when I was talking about community earlier which is just really important for me I want to get it into my local community so I wanted to be some to have a space where people can bring their dogs so they feel comfortable. They can meet each other. Obviously, we've already got something in common, which of course we've already covered the fact that that can really bring people close together. And if there's anything that they want to talk about, then they can in a safe environment. So I've been in touch with some local, uh, like our local council and a um, few other places, so I can do talks as well. Now, bearing in mind, I'm not a, a speaker in any way, and I do have a lot of challenges with that. I found that since, especially since being in um, Peaceborough and that experience, I need to just put myself out there because the right people will hear it. And the yeah. others, if they don't want to hear it, then it's just, you know, they won't listen to me or they won't watch a video or they won't come to, you know, an event. But, I want to be able to make those communities online and offline, but help people in the process because that's really what my main goal is, is to help people. But by utilising the, the two passions that I have. And I've spoken to a few people and they're quite up for that. So I haven't, nothing's really set in stone just yet, but I'm definitely more in the the works of doing things than I was because I just kept holding holding myself back all the time and it's like I'm never going to achieve the things I want if I don't push forward with it so that's what I'm going to be doing is you know promoting a podcast but also doing the things in the community so that I can create uh, you know a nice safe space for people but also Maybe they'll make some good connections that could last you know, short time or forever. Right. Yeah. Well, I will. I will put your 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 uh, information in the show notes of this episode, so people can connect with you. Right. And um, yeah. you also sent me the link to your podcast. I'll put that there too as well, so that people can listen to your podcast and connect with you and help you grow that community that you are you you want to create that'd be amazing thank you so much i'd love that <laughs> yeah great well thank you very much that uh you've been here is there anything else you want to say some last words <laughs> <laughs> um oof, it's a tough one I think, I think one thing is actually stems from what I was just saying then about, you know, if there's something that you want in life, 
you should go for it and make those connections with people. You know, I do through dogs and mental health because they are my passions. But if there's something that you're passionate about and you think that other people enjoy that and you would like to have connections with others, then, you know, put yourself out there, put some feelers out about it. But also, if you're listening to this and you, you, know, you relate to those things as well, then when you're out and about, just talk to people. You know, I think there's been a, prior to the, the pandemic and everything, there's a lot of obviously, you know, social media and online things. And then we couldn't see anybody. We couldn't see the people we loved. We couldn't see new people, you know. We didn't see anyone for a long time. Whereas now I found that people had almost forgotten how to communicate with each other and was nervous and didn't know what to do. And I, I found a lot of my clients have said that and other people that I've met. So I think... You know, in an appropriate fashion where you feel safe, obviously, and you walk on your dog. If you feel like oh, you want to chat with somebody, just go for it. If it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't matter. But I have met so many great people just by having that initial communication. So I just think that having that and having a community is just really important. And if it's something that you want, that it's out there and you can have that. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Emma. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and if you're curious about animal communication or wish to deepen your bond with your animal companions, I have a gift for you, an invaluable guide to animal communication. Simply find the link in the show notes, enter your email and unlock a world of connection. Before we go, a quick request. If you have enjoyed this episode of Animal Empathy, Please subscribe to stay in the loop for more magical insights. Sharing is caring, so spread the word to your fellow animal enthusiasts. And if you could spare a moment, leaving a review would truly mean the world. As we wrap up, remember this. Life's most beautiful moments happen in the now. So stay present, embrace the magic, and keep those hearts open. Thank you for being part of our animal-loving community. Until next time, stay curious and stay connected.